everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fake Nuts Podcast. I am Britt, and I am back. I'm Craig. And I am Keith. That's right. Keith is in the booth tonight, our third ever guest. God bless technology and extra mics. Thank you for we having are, me. Thank you for coming. We are here to discuss. It's a week before the season, guys. We are in Came draft week. This is it. What would you say? Quick. It did. Well, Remember we were not worried really. about the offseason? Like, you were worried about the offseason. I was just kind of taking a nap. True. I have 16 weeks point. of data analysis ahead of me for the next 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. I just said that. But I am just like, oh, my God, one more week of peace and quiet before I'm trying to decide between Tyler Eifert and Charles Clay. No one should ever make that decision. <laughs> no, it's a terrible decision. It's a bad place to be. So this week, what do we got? Well, before we get in next week, let's start there. Next week, we are going to be launching right into week one DFS. We'll be talking about all of the picks for week one. Uh, but this week we have Keith with us. Just a little background on Keith. Keith is a veteran of our league for over 20 years. He additionally has experience on multiple platforms, including the ESPN game show Two Minute Drill. Yes. Which he is a veteran of, made the playoffs, actually upset the number one seed, as I recall. No. No, you upset a higher seed, though. <laughs> I think I might have upset a higher seed, but the one I played the one seed, that's when I lost. Right, and the one thing I remember about that show was that you actually answered Fairfield U for an answer that was supposed to be Georgetown. About, no, no, it was about the question was about Alumni Hall. Correct. And it was St. John's, and I heard <laughs> Alumni Hall, and my brain went to my own but alma was mater. It, wasn't the question asked by, like, Chris Mullins? Wasn't it asked by a St. John's <laughs> alum? <laughs> it wasn't, like, it was just not. It was just ridiculous. It was like I just it was, I think the question was about Big East or something. I don't know, but it, it was, was not, it was a Big East question. It wasn't yeah. But I just remember watching that at home. And this is years ago. This show has not been on the air for years, but Keith went very far in their in their uh their thing. And I just remember watching that live like weeks after you recorded right, right. and you very confidently went Fairfield University and I went, "Oh my god, no." <laughs> Despite that, I can tell you that's the only gaffe I've ever seen Keith make in the world of sports. There you go. So we have him in the booth to talk about the last This is draft week. So this is it. This is the week where everyone is drafting. Craig and I had a draft on Sunday. We have another draft coming up this Sunday, which Keith will be a part of. We'll talk about that. But first, we start where we always start. And Keith is our guest. Tell me about the bottle I've handed you. I'm holding a bottle of Two Roads, Two Roads, Roads, Mary's Baby. Oh, cue the music. Yeah. Craig hates when I do that, but I don't care. Cute. It, it is awesome. People... Th- People hate our show, but they love the Rosemary's Baby music. So, what do you? What's your thoughts on Rosemary's Baby? I think it is fantastic in terms of flavor. You're not. You're not. Is you're not the crazy beer guy that Craig and I are. Right. But in terms of flavor, what do you like about it? It is very. It is not as pumpkiny as I thought it would be. But it is still. It is a got a mild hint of pumpkin, which is a okay by me, and it goes really well with the Dove chocolates I had. It is more That's of a true. pumpkin spice beer, which That's is why I really mix. like it. I don't like pumpkin either, but. Well, I like it's, pumpkin. I, I just you know, I don't really. You don't like pumpkin, but pie? I like pumpkin spice stuff. What about the pumpkin muffin at Dunkin' Donuts? No, no, no. I don't do it. Uh, Coffee? No. Come on. I'll do it maybe once or twice a season just to have something different. But no. <laughs> now, Craig, you're obviously drinking a Rosemary's Baby, right? Uh, no, because it's still. I'm August, sorry. What, my friend? It's still August. What? <laughs> That's my rule. What? Pumpkin stuff only in months to end in ER. What's life without whimsy? 
See that? Limiting. I'm sorry. Did you hear the crickets there? Limiting (laughs) the whimsy to months that end in R. ER. 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 ER is the key. Which is still the same thing in this case. I know, but ER sounds better. Limiting the whimsy has become whimsy. Is that the argument you're making? Yes. Yes, All right. What are you drinking? Um, I am drinking another beer. That's my last one I have from Treehouse that was graciously given to me by your brother. Yes, thank you, Adam, for sub- really quick. Thank you, Adam, for subbing in last week for me while I was laying on the couch praying for death. I can tell you that I was on a combination of cold medication and sleep that made me wonder if you guys weren't talking about like the apocalypse or something on this podcast. So thank you so much. You did an amazing job. Thank you, Adam. Uh, so this one is called Bright. And you did not try this. No, I've never had this before. And you brought a glass for me to try, right? Yes. Uh, my it's glass? a double Indian pale ale. Uh, we have okay. to do the sound effect. Yep, go ahead and open it up. Wait a second. It's coming. Yeah. There we go. Pour him a Jaeger. <laughs> All right, just, just a little bit, because I, I want to I enjoy my Rosemary's Baby. There Keys you go. Music. We even have taster glasses. So, All right, so Rosemary's Baby, just once again, is by Two Roads Brewing. This uh, bright uh, double House. IPA is by Treehouse out of Massachusetts. Yep. Well known. All right, so have you tried so, this one I, yet? No. It's the first time. So you can go, since you got the glass, you can go ahead. Well, somebody else needs to talk to uh, So this is, uh, let's see what the notes are. Uh, notes of grapefruit, clementine, and papaya with a gentle bitterness. He's thinking. He's thinking. It's bitter. Not like overcomingly bitter, but. All right. Ooh. May I get try? The f- yeah, please. Here, have the last sip. Hold on one second. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Reach <laughs> Acro- here across the studio. We don't have a small space here. We need to get on YouTube so people can see it. Oh, that's that's yeah. not sure. I get the grapefruit at the very end. I don't like grapefruits at all, but (laughs) but he's still drinking. But he's still drinking my beer. (laughs) That's not bad. That's not the worst I've ever had. It wasn't bad. I'm gonna drink the foam. It's so. This Treehouse Brewery is like it's everybody I like. I know. I have a friend of mine at work who's like crazy. He's like big into beer, and he, he. has been up there, and he thinks it's it's just insane. Like what I hear about that particular one brewery. Yeah, I've heard a lot. I've never heard anyone go up there and come back unhappy. It's, that's is that the one in Massachusetts? Yes, yes. Uh, just outside of Sturbridge, I believe. Yep. Right. I just remember he told it's me like a story. Once. Eighty minutes away from yeah, ninety. He minutes told me a story that a friend of his went up there, and I don't. This was like two years ago at this point, or whatever it was. And he said his friend went up there, and they were only selling whatever the beer was. Yeah. And they were only selling like four at a time. So basically, yep. there was a line to get yep. four. Yeah, it's four to packs. take home. And that was it. And no one could get more than yep. that. So basically, yep. you drove two hours to get four beers. Yep. Yep. That's and you how can good buy them. Um, I think you buy them by the case. Some beers by the case. I know now other that half, their production uh, has increased, yes, I think you can buy more. But yes, half, when they that first particular opened. day, it was just that, that one beer, four of them. It was yep. the max you can get. Yeah. Yep. Other half brewing does that too. They only do can releases. Like they announce them on Instagram. Right. And you have to go and wait in line. So. Well, I, again, a thanks to Adam for bringing that. Thank you. We'll have to make a Thank road trip. Thank you. You know, I would love to. Let's let's bring the entire studio set up and set up in their parking lot. You know, you know. we can get a microphone, put it on a put it on Hello, a it's football on location live from Treehouse Brewing. So, okay, onward and upward. Burning hot take questions. Normally, I'd let the guest go first, but I'm scared the guest is going to steal my question, so I'm going to go first. Go ahead, gentlemen. Brandon Marshall, Seattle Seahawk today, unemployed tomorrow, question mark. I have heard conflicting reports. I have heard reports out of Seattle that Marshall is going to make this team and be the number two behind Doug Baldwin. I've also heard reports that he will not make the team 
and I've heard these reports within the last 24 hours, both of them. Brandon Marshall, Seahawk during week one, yes or no? We'll start with our guest, Keith. I'm going to say no. You think he'll get caught? And here's the reason, and I'm saying this with with a questioned no. And the reason why is because today they signed Tyler Lockett to an extension. So he is instantly there too. Doug, But here's why I'm questioning my no, is that is... I read the article yesterday that Baldwin came back, or two days ago he came back to camp, and he had the bum knee, and he said that his knee is not going to be better than 85% all mm-hmm. year. So would you want to keep Brandon, an experienced player like Brandon Marshall on board just in case 85% turns to 75 to 65 on down the line? Maybe they do. But my right now answer is no, he will not be as So just to follow up on that, the reports of Doug Baldwin are that he's going to have to take time off. He admitted this week that he may be right. He'll be, he plans on being ready for week one, but that means no guarantee for week two. And if he's ready for week two, it means no guarantee for week three, etc. He acknowledges his knee is not hundred percent. Craig Brandon Marshall kept, or is he going to be released? I think they need him, <clears throat> especially with uh, Baldwin's injury. And as you know, I am not a Doug Baldwin fan. You love Doug Baldwin. No, I, I don't. You don't, really I do don't at all. No, Uh <laughs> But I think the Seahawks need him as an insurance policy. I agree. And here's where I'm looking at it. Lockett has been there for the last two years. Average of 40 catches for 500 yards. Has never had more than two touchdowns in a season. If Baldwin is down, Lockett is not automatically the number one. And Lockett does not have fantasy value as number one for me. So for me, you need to keep Brandon Marshall in that three role. And let's face it, he's making veteran minimum. It's not like you're paying the guy, you know, Odell Beckham money to sit around on the bench and be your third option on third down and 12 when you're trying to convert. He has value. And I I think he is going to end up, I will say this right now, ready? Bold take. At the end of the year, if he is on this team, Brandon Marshall will have more fantasy points than Tyler Lockett. That's my thought. So, all right. So that's the answer to that question. Keith, what have you got for us? This is one of my favorite ones of the offseason. This is this comes from a strong dislike of my least favorite quarterback ever to play football named Average Joe Flacco. And my question is, name the week, the number of the week number that Lamar Jackson takes over for Average Joe Flacco. Week four, next question. Craig? <laughs> I don't know. Joe Flacco is just consistent. Do they take him out? Yeah, he's well, won, what, what he's is that's consistent? Bowl. Well, like, what does that mean, consistent? <laughs> he's you what you have when you start him well, it's, well we'll talk about like fantasy wise anyway fantasy wise joe you flacco know. is a level three quarterback now yeah but you know what you're gonna get out of him right he's, a, he's Six a perfect points. he's a perfect bi-week replacement yeah 150 yards one <laughs> touchdown one pick that yeah we know what greatest, we get greatest acclaim you can put on a, a quarterback ever. <laughs> yeah. he's a great bi-week but replacement. i mean I'll, i mean if if you read what people say from baltimore uh he's not like a prolific quarterback leader. Now he goes in the huddle, calls a play, throws, they go to the next down. All right, let me let me be clear here. Joe Flacco is only a great replacement for a game being played in Hawaii where the continental United States is under lava and the opposing quarterback in that game in Hawaii is already owned by your opponent. That's the only time he's usable for me in an off-week situation. Or unless he plays against the Patriots. Or he plays against the Patriots. Not that I'm bitter or anything. Uh, to be honest, all right, week four, I, I said kind of jokingly, Here's the easy answer. The moment they're out of playoff contention. If this team goes 5-7, and seven, week 13 or week 14, he's they're starting Lamar Jackson. 
They are not going to put Joe Flacco out there when they don't need to. Can I give you some numbers? Please. Since, since 2012, Flacco is one of 19 passers to throw the ball 2,000 times. He's 13th in completion percentage, last in yards per attempt, last in adjusted net yards per attempt, 16th in interception rate, last in touchdown percentage, 18th in passer rating, and 15th in QBR. So you're not I a say, fan. I'm not a fan. He, I think Lamar Jackson starts by week eight because I think the Ravens start out poorly. Week that's my eight. Point. Okay, so let's... I've been saying that to everybody, so, that's, so what, this isn't a is, super hot take. When is the Baltimore off week? Can somebody look that up really well, quick? Maybe, I don't know. If, that, if that's their off week, then week nine. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's. I want to say, say come the end of week eight, so eight weeks into the season, as we're approaching week nine, what is the Baltimore record? So Craig has it on the screen. When is Baltimore's off week? Ten. All right, so they will play eight games in the first eight weeks. After eight weeks, give me your record for Baltimore. Keith, go. I will say three. After eight games, you said? Yes. Three and five. Three and five. I'll go reverse of that. Five and three. You think Baltimore is going to be able to pull out a couple of games? I'm going to take the coward's way. I'll go four and four. I really don't. But I, I... I think either I think definitely if they're three and five, I think you gotta consider starting Lamar Jackson. At that point, yeah. What if you, they are five and three? If they're you? five and three and Flacco has not been spectacular, let's presume those five wins are ten three finals where it's defense carrying them. Let's presume that. Five three. They're five and three. Oh, five and three record. I thought you said a five three score. That would be amazing too. Ravens five, whoever else three. Yes. Let's presume they're five and three, but they're margin of victory composite is like 12 points like they're barely winning these games you gotta think they're gonna talk about making a change right yes they do if they start losing they play bills week one that's a win that's a okay win. go they to play, the schedule you got the yeah, schedule got right, right here Bengals that's a week two that's a thursday night half, against half and half. Bengals. Uh, no that's tv i'm that's gonna a give win. it a loss but i'm on the fence I'm going to give it a loss, too. Broncos at Ravens. That's a loss. Ravens at Steelers. That's a loss. Ravens at Browns. That's a loss. Really? Yes. Ravens at Titans. That's a loss. Saints at Ravens. That's a loss. Ravens at Panthers. That's a loss. I have a 1-7. Yeah, Steelers at Ravens. Let's just say they win the Browns game because everybody beats them. All right, them. so they're going to be the Bengals. I'm sticking with 3-5. and Okay, 3-5 and is fair. Point being. Bye bye, Joe. It's not yeah, it's not a good look for Joe Flacco unless he's throwing for four hundred yards in each of those games and they're losing blowouts forty three thirty five. Bye bye, Joe. Yeah. So I mean from a fantasy perspective, we have to really watch the scores of those games. We have to really watch. If the if the Ravens are 0 3, but they have scored a combined ninety points in their first three games, Joe Flacco is a fantasy option. If they haven't, he's not. So he's not. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good <laughs> In other words, that's he's pretty not. accurate. Craig, we're up to you. What do you got for uh, burning hot takes? Uh, so I'll ask Keith this. Since, sure. Okay. Uh, I've asked you this before. I, I'll still probably jump a, in, but go probably. ahead. Yeah, of course. So preseason. Yeah. It's four weeks. Yes. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, of course. The NFL charges regular season prices. For, for Jerry these, Jones games. For these games. Mm-hmm. There are many injuries in preseason that mm-hmm. seem pointless. But not at Jerry Jones games. Exactly. Do you think it's time for the NFL to just make the season 18 weeks? Because Jerry Jones thinks so. Or and, he, or and, cut the preseason to two weeks and just start the regular time? I would do 17 and three. Cut That's the difference. Split the difference. Here's, and here's, I know an uneven game number of games kind of looks funky on a sketch and a standings thing and all that I stuff. I don't really care. But here's the thing. You need, the, I, you need to have preseason games. You can't, I mean, I always say for every team in the league, 
there's 53 guys on a roster. 45 guys are already on the roster. Mm-hmm. Those 45 guys don't have to do anything to prove anything. But the other 45 guys that are on the roster in preseason have to battle for those final eight to 10 spots. Yeah. So you need games to see that. You need them playing against right. other third stringers to see it. So I, I would never, I wouldn't go to two, but four is too many. And the, the cost of the games, I mean, yeah. And that's where I'm going to jump mean, in here. This is this comes from the Jerry Jones proposal earlier this week, right? The reason Jerry Jones wants this for the Jerry Jones owned Denver, I'm sorry, Denver. What I just I, Did something you know happened. Oh. Breaking news. I just channeled Homer, who owns the Den- who owned the Denver Broncos on the Simpsons yep. instead of the Dallas oh, Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Oh. Anyway, all right. Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys, presented by D- Jerry Jones. The reason he wants this is because there is so much more revenue in regular season games than preseason. Because don't forget, this is what people who are completely outside of the industry don't understand. I've worked inside a minor league system. It goes beyond ticket sales. Stadiums get a percentage of concessions. Why do you pay $12 for a beer you would pay $8 for at a bar? Because there's a cut going to the stadium and the owner and the team. Jerry Jones looks around the Dallas stadium and says, I'm at 65% capacity during preseason. I'm at 110% capacity during the season. It is much more beneficial to me, Jerry Jones, and the Dallas Cowboys presented by Jerry Jones on Jerry Vision to have more regular season games. It's a matter of money. Jerry Jones does not give a crap about the players. He does not give a crap about the quality of the game on the field. What he cares about is butts in seats generating revenue for his team. And again, ticket sales don't matter. If folks buy the tickets and don't set up, don't show up rather, he does not get the dollar per beer or whatever agreement he has with the concession folks. It's about money and nothing else. All right, I'm done. Right. Fair. It will eventually go to at least 17 and three. That will sure. happen. Why it's taking so long for every reason why you just said, right? I don't know why it's think- taking so long, but it's going to happen. Well, I know why it's taking that long because the players are going to say, wait a minute. Well, we want 17 right now. We're getting paid for 16 games. We want to get paid for 17. That's how it right. Right. But Do you think players who make a lot of money, like Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr. Do you think they'll be willing to sacrifice their health Slash bodies for an extra two weeks. If the money was worth it, you bet your sweet. Well, they already have exactly. guaranteed money. So do you think they? <laughs> but would... it doesn't. But get if, more guaranteed money. If the, the guaranteed money continues to go up, which it has for the last I don't know fifty years, that the guaranteed money has continued to go up. If the money is still increased because the number of games are increased, they're not going to care. Players don't care. They Just, really don't they need theirs. All that's it comes down to. Let's let's agree to let's let's just let's just embrace the sad fact that as the NFL as a whole, the players don't care about their concussions. The players don't think about twenty years down the line. They think about here and now, and that's all they think about. Odell Beckham isn't thinking about will I be able to walk down the street without a walker when I'm sixty. They just don't think about that. They think about what am I getting here and now. What am I giving here and now. And that's part of the problem. So I don't think that really matters. Fair. Amen. Fair. So players, if you're listening, and I know you are because we are <laughs> highly downloaded across the interwebs, please start thinking about your health. You got to consider these things. So, 
All right, quick side topic before we move on to the other things. Keith, because you're in the booth today. Thank you. I, You and I were at the Northeast mm-hmm. Sports Collectors Convention. We were. La- uh, two weeks ago? Yes, we were. Rick got the plague. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're pretty sure that the disease that kept me out of the booth last week was acquired there. We got an opportunity to see a lot of people coming and going. A lot of what stuck with you there as a sports fan and a collector of fun things. What did you see that was really unique or really stuck with you? Well, I grew up a Knicks fan. Just kind of go off. I know we're a football podcast, but I'm going well. Sports I'm going fan. off off cast here, so that's okay. One of the first players I remember growing up was Bernard King for the Knicks, and yeah. seeing him walk by me. And yes, I obviously knew he was tall, <laughs> but until you see somebody actually walk by you, the guy actually walk by you. And he still commands, there's still a presence about him as being a Nick fan that it was just cool to see him. So that was my main take from what. See, that doesn't even phase me. I went to UConn. Everyone's taller than me and everyone plays basketball at UConn. So it phased me. But for me, the big thing was the realization by my brother, Adam, who was on the podcast last week, that Dwight Gooden, the doctor, Dr. K, actually knew who the hell I was. I had the opportunity to really? work with him. What's that? He knew who you were? You didn't, he didn't tell you the story off the air? No. All right, I'll tell you really quick. So we waited in line for uh, Dwight Gooden. Adam had bought a ticket to meet him and get the signature on something he wanted signed. And after... Doc, Doc Gooden was 25 minutes late. He was, but I'm not going to hold that against him because I like the guy. I was the picture taker. So I was off to the side getting ready to take a picture of my brother with Dwight Gooden. And at the end of it, I just said, I walked up and I said... Doc, I don't know if you remember me, but we worked together at the Bluefish. And he looked right at me and my brother and went, yeah, I remember. I came there for a game. We did a lunch thing together. You sold the memorabilia. And he stuck out his hand. That's the key. Dwight Gooden offered his hand to me. It's not like I walked up saying, hi, Dwight Gooden. You know me. I've worked with you one time here. Shake my hand. He walked. He offered his hand to me and shook my hand. He went, how are you doing? And I went, I'm good. You look good, Doc. Last time I saw you, you just had the shoulder surgery. And he went, yeah, I'm feeling good. It was great to see us. I don't want to hold you up. Take care now. All right, take care. Well, Dwight, my brother looked at me and went, you actually know Dwight Gooden? I'm like, yeah, I worked with him twice in minor league ba- ball, ballparks when he came for uh, for different events. And he, my brother was shocked. Like, like what? I'm, I'm, I'm telling stories here? No, I actually know Dwight Gooden. Are he and I hanging out next week at the bar? No. But I, he actually recognized me. And, and, and he said that to me the day we worked together at the Bridgeport Bluefish was, I have a weird ability to remember faces. And he said, you see that guy over there? That guy's been to like 12 of my signings. He always shows up for my signings and has stuff signed. He has a weird ability to remember faces. He had no idea what my name was, but he remembered my face, and that was enough for me. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah. One, one other memory is that I couldn't believe how long the line was to get a free autograph from Steve Traxel. And, and twice as long for Jesse Orozco. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we, I waited in the Traxel line, and I got in the Traxel line early because there was like 20 people. Very nice man. He's a very oh, nice man. Oh, he was so nice. Very nice. He was so nice, but I was just shocked at the number of people who were lining up for tre- Steve Traxel. And then when I came back, like tw- Traxel wasn't even done signing. And I went to see the Orozco line, and it was out through the line area and Pretty into crazy. the exhibitors. It was crazy. I was like, somebody here must have an Orozco picture for like eight bucks. I mean, <laughs> I, I can get out of here, right? So anyway. All right, on to news and notes. All right. Let's go to the big one. Teddy Bridgewater, trade today, now a New Orleans Saint. How does this impact positively or negatively 
both the Jets or the Saints from a fantasy perspective. Let's start with Craig on this one. Does this bump up a McCown or Darno and Darnold? I keep saying Darno. Yeah, close enough. It's Just the, say Sam. It's the Canadian in me. Does this bump up McCown or Darnold in your opinion? No. Because after so many years of watching the Jets play, I need to see them play a game. Like I tr- I trust McCown more because I've seen him play in the NFL. And now outside of preseason, you know, so that's Sam's only only played in preseason. So let's so. put it this way. Josh McCown's announced as a starter tomorrow, let's okay. say, hypothetically. All right. Does this bump him up your QB list for fantasy? As a backup? No. I mean, he would be a backup regardless. Keith. Are we strictly talking fantasy-wise or fantasy. Jets-wise? Fantasy. No, no, doesn't change. There's still mind. like 25 guys ahead of him? At least. Like, okay. would I pick him for DFS to save money? Maybe. Yeah, that that's fine. Right, right. As a but, DFS pick, which we'll get into I mean, next week. I mean, there's... there's 25 to 30 guys that have to go ahead of Darnold right now. Or By the way, I think, nah, I think Darnold starts. Here's You want to talk about who gets whoever starts the preseason finale tomorrow will not be the starter in a week. <laughs> How about that? Wow. So if McCown starts tomorrow, Darnold is the starter week one. So we publish on Friday. So look okay. back at whoever started Thursday night. And whoever started, draft the other guy if you have to have a Jet quarterback. Because, because yeah. what I read today was that this move means that Darnold's starting. That's what I read. Which Craig and I had a massive debate about, and I won the Twitter war on, which is why <laughs> there is no Craig counter Craig on it this week. 66% of the people agreed with me. Sure. Now, do I think Darnold should... What, what, what would you agree with you with what? Right, so let's, let's put the argument on paper. So my okay. point of view was certain quarterbacks you should start right away because it benefits them in development. Guys like the Manning brothers, Andrew Luck, they benefit from being thrown into the fire. Craig, explain your point. My point is over the years of watching the Jets, they do a horrible, horrible things to rookie quarterbacks, and he would be served better not starting the season. Letting McCown start. Keith, what's your thoughts? Mm. Snap judgment on this, because Keith's not a Twitter guy. Ken O'Brien and think of Sanchez and look at their careers. Think of Eli Manning. Think of Andrew Luck. Think of the fact that the Jets have turned over his coaching staffs three times. Exactly my point. <laughs> It's, I think that I understand where you're going with that, but you can, I know you're specifically talking about the Jets' development of these players. Yeah, specifically you're not talking, talking about, about the in Jets. general. No, I'm talking about the But why Jets. are you talking but, about yeah, coaches I mean, who've been unemployed yes, for saying, 10 years? Sanchez was Rob, Rex, Sexy Rexy Ryan, and uh, Ken O'Brien was, uh, who was it, Walt Michaels or whoever it was way back when. Browning Nagel was Bruce Coslett. I mean, oh my God, it, Bruce Coslett. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but then you could say, I mean, did Andy Dalton start week one? Again, I know we're jumping teams, but did Andy Dalton, I'm going saying him for a reason. Did Andy Dalton start week And I'm not saying Andy Dalton's super that up. great, but I, I don't think know. I want to say yeah, but I could be wrong, though. I'd have to look that up. I'm working on I'm it. I'm not sure. And I just, Ben Roethlisberger won 15 games as a rookie. Dak, Dak won 12 games. I just, I don't think it's an organ. You can't say it's organizational. Here's the thing. The Jets, it's organizational when the coaches have changed. The but- Jets' offensive line was ranked 30th last year. You're going to put him behind that line and make him the next David Carr? Yes, because it worked with Eli Manning, and it worked with his brother. It worked with both Mannings. They happened to David Carr. His career drove it into a mountain. Peyton Manning's offensive line his first year was abominable. So you're you're saying that, and I'm I'm not blaming you for saying it. You're saying this strictly from a we all know what luck the Jets have point of view. (laughs) Right. And again, I'm talking about the Jets in particular. And but I understand the fear and the trepidation as a, jet, as, 
at, coming from Jet. Okay, so matter? I start a company and I'm the worst CEO ever, and Craig replaces me in a major coup. Can you really hold anyone brought in right. under Craig to my standard? That's like saying, uh, again, that's like saying that the guys who were brought in before Bill Belichick was with the Patriots, the guys that he brought in won't be successful because the Patriots for 20 years beforehand had only made one Super Bowl appearance, got crushed by the Bears, and therefore they can't be successful. You have to take coaching staff into account when you bring people in. You can't hold people accountable now for stuff that Bruce Coslett did in the 90s. Maybe. Well, we'll see if he we'll see if he turns into David Carr. Back to you. He's the best color man in the business, folks. I'm gonna say, look what happened to David Carr. He was one of the best quarterbacks come out of college, and but he, he was not. He a, went. He went to Houston, and he got an expansion team. Killed. But you're you're telling me you're comparing David Carr to Hall of Fame level quarterbacks like Peyton and Eli Manning. And yes, Eli's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's got two rings, and we wasn't. know he that all the, you need to do is flash your Patriots. rings. Okay, that's great. I'm not holding that against Keith. He's getting in the Hall of Fame. But the we'll bottom line is there are certain quarterbacks that are seminal that come out right. once or twice every generation. So what happens? What happens? We'll see. We'll play. If what happens if you know Sam gets sacked 48 times? Ask Dan Marino what it's like to be sacked a ton of times in his first season to make the Super Bowl. And then what happened after that? Doesn't matter. He made a Super Bowl, and he's Dan Marino. He's Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah, and he never. What happened after he that? Never, really? You know, he, he never, never went back. Craig, to the Super Bowl. Craig is arguing that he would not swap lives with Dan Marino right now. <laughs> to be hit constantly by extremely large men and surrounded know. by beautiful women when you surround when you sleep at night and sleeping <laughs> on a pile of money, the height of like the Denver mountains. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? <laughs> Uh, That's like saying I wouldn't want to be I'm Arnold Schwarzenegger saying. because he wasn't a great he wasn't a great governor in California <laughs> and he got divorced from Maria Shriver. He's still Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a valid point. It's a valid I'm point. just saying. I mean, uh, seriously, I'm looking. And by the way, just for the record, Andy Dalton did start his first season. He was drafted in 2011. He started that year and he made the freaking Pro Bowl in his first season. But it's not the Jets. No, it's worse. It's worse. No. The Jets have been to the playoffs more than the Bengals have in the last 30 years. Go yeah. ahead and look it up. Tell me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I dare you right now as we're sitting here, and I know we are, are 30 minutes in already. We still haven't gotten half to our list yet. <laughs> I dare you to tell me the Bengals have made more appearances since 1988 in the playoffs than the Jets. I'd have to. Like, that's going to take a while to look up. <laughs> I guarantee you the answer is no, because there's two words that factor against that, and they are Bill and Parcells. Yep, and the Jets lost, and he retired from football for but five years. But they made it. <laughs> they made it to the playoffs. I'm just saying. But if you're going back to 1988, the Bengals did make that Super Bowl against the Niners, they I think, did. in 89. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. And they've been to the playoffs many years and just lose the first Can I just round. say, Craig, just... I actually think the Bengals might be sneaky good this year. Oh, I agree. I, I, think I that, really do. I, think I really year. think they might be. No, but I think. <laughs> no, actually, I, I'm a redhead, and Andy Dalton's redhead, so right, that works fair. in your. As long as John does. Ross doesn't hide any injuries this year, it should be okay. And All Britt's right. favorite player ever Who's stays healthy. Who? The, the guy, the one you're in charge of the train of. Oh, Joe Mixon. Yes. Joe Mixon train. Exactly. Which is a good segue back onto the. Uh, 
what we're supposed to be talking about, which is that Craig and I were in an industry draft this weekend on Sunday. I took Joe Mixon with the second pick. We drafted out of the two hole, which is a, a, a major issue because when Todd Gurley goes one, it was, a, it was a snake draft. It was a snake draft. But not only that, but when Todd Gurley goes one overall this year, you could make an argument for the next four guys. You really could. True. You could make an argument from David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott. You could make a Saquon Barkley argument. You could even make an Antonio Brown argument. Wait, you saying you drafted Joe Mixon second overall? No, no, we did. Second, second running back. Oh, so, okay, okay. But oh, okay. we okay. were Whoa. faced with a difficult decision. What <laughs> do you do in that two-hole? Do you draft Zeke Elliott? Well, two of his interior linemen just got hurt. David Johnson has played one full game since 2015. And his quarterback, Sam Bradford. And his quarterback, Sam Bradford, with a complete changeover in the, the coaching staff. Do you draft Le'Veon Bell, who right now is sitting in a Dairy Queen considering employment? What do you do? Do you draft Antonio Brown? You can't draft Antonio Brown in a two slot. We would have gotten stoned out of the league. No, we went we went with Zeke. We went with Zeke, Zeke but it was a tough call. Yards. Out of out of all the other options, even with the injured offensive line, Zeke can get his own. Can I make yardage. a warm take? Sure. Please. I don't think Todd Gurley is a good pick first. He is the consensus. I know, I know he I'm just I'm, So who is I'm you just, pick? No, who I'm just, you pick? I'm not saying necessarily well, I'll answer that in a second. Okay. But the reason why I'm I just have a weird feeling about the Rams this year. When the hype goes up, things bad things tend to happen for young teams. I know that's, they're loaded, they're fair. stocked. I mean they're, they're thought, extremely they have good on paper. They have Gurley, their defense. Aaron Donald will sign one of these A lot days. of money on their defense yeah. this offseason. Yeah. But I just I have a weird feeling. It's I, I'm basing it on absolutely no data. I'm just basing it on a gut. I do that. I do that all the time. Yeah. That's, that's Craig Joel. So my guy, because I was actually having this conversation at work today, I like David Johnson. The only thing that scares me is that his quarterback is Sam Bradford, and they don't have a great offensive line. And so his wrist, his wrist and knee issues that, don't that bother you. That stuff doesn't bother me at all. That okay. stuff doesn't And the fact that you haven't seen him play a game in doesn't two years doesn't bother you. Okay. No, Adrian right. Peterson missed the whole year and then ran for 2,000 yards. So, I mean. It's fair. It's fair. So. All right. And just to put an argument end to the Jets-Bengals nonsense, <laughs> since 1990, <laughs> since 1990, so the last 28 years, the Bengals have made six playoff appearances. The Jets have made eight. So, the New York Jets have been in the playoffs Side more. Bar. And Side the bar. Bengals have won how many of those six games? I don't know. Yes, One do. of those playoff games, the Bengals and the Jets played each other. They still are playoff teams. They still count both of those. Okay, right. so you know what? How many of those, and the Jets out. won. How many of those six games did the Bengals win? Zero. Zero. Okay. They're <laughs> as bad, if not worse, than my Chiefs, so we're moving on from that. So, okay. So, there's that. All right. Um, we talked about the trade of, um, what's his name from the great Jets? Great. Thank By you the way, great move for the Saints. It is a great move for the Saints because Drew Brees is not a spring chicken. Yeah, great move for the Saints. Not a spring chicken. No, Bridgewater is the new Nick Foles. Probably, if they need said, be. Let's see. Uh, Drew Brees is our starter. Perfect. Who's our backup? Oh, crap. That's essentially what you <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Bridgewater has one more year on his deal. So right. I temper that great deal for the Saints because if, I mean, he, he has, he'll be a free agent next year, so he could go where the hell he wants. Mm-hmm. But... If he likes the atmosphere and likes learning under one of the greatest five quarterbacks that's ever lived, he stays. Maybe they get him on a discount. Who knows? Right. So, all right. So, really quick, back to the yeah. the draft I sent to Keith earlier today. So, we ended up taking Zeke one, Mixon two, and then after that, we I think we grabbed Kelsey in the third round because the did, wide receivers started off. to get really thin. Yeah. We hit that cliff. So, I think our number one receiver was Thielen. No. 
Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. That's correct. Thank you. But um, I still was really pleased with our draft. I felt like we let Overall, the draft come I to think us. So. Your starting group is good. We it's grabbed solid. we grabbed Adrian Peterson in the later rounds just because. Just because. I mean, why not? Why not? He's, he's gonna got, start. <laughs> he's a high ceiling, low floor player. I mean, yeah. If we got to drop him mid season, we will. But overall, I was very pleased. So Keith has it in front of us. Who are starting wide receivers, Keith? You have Demarius Thomas, uh, Marvin Jones, and Devin Funches. I love Marvin Jones this so year. Do I. And you know what? I had him on my team last year, and I never used him enough, and I that's why that's why I didn't make the playoffs. There you go. I think, seriously, he, he's absolutely fine. Here's the bottom line. For three straight years, they have had 4,000 passing yards in freaking Detroit. Matt Stafford throws the ball everywhere. If you've got 4,000 passing yards, unless you have 17 receivers, you're going to have a bunch of guys over 1,000 yards. You're going to have at least two or three guys over 1,000 yards. And that's the thing. Golden Tate, I'm not a big Golden Tate guy, but I'm a big Marvin Jones guy. So I agree. All right. So let's talk about the Marquise Lee injury because that has happened and yep. this changes things in Jacksonville. Craig is on record as being a big fan of Blake Bortles. So you're the one. Yes, Craig and, and our buddy Sean, as you Sean know. Sean more than me. Sean, Sean also liked Rex so. Grossman, though. Sean also liked Rex Grossman. Blake Bortles. So how does the Marquisley injury change things in Jacksonville? Let's talk about it from a quarterback and a whiteout perspective. I'll throw it to Craig first, and I want to hear Keith's thoughts. Uh, so really, this is going to be more... Uh, let's see. So it's going to bump up Cole. Cole's, I, he's the slot receiver right now, but I think he's going to become their number two, essentially. Uh, he's their big play guy, so he's the guy that's going to get, like, 40-yard receptions. Um, <clears throat> how's What do you think? I mean, if you look at their depth chart, I mean, <laughs> I mean God help us. I mean, Ke- Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief. So I mean, Moncrief, it, I, I'm assuming Moncrief will just bump up to the number one spot at this point. Well, he's on, on this thing I'm looking at. He's the third wide receiver. I mean, regardless, I mean, it's just. So what do you? Gone are the days of Keenan McCardle <laughs> and Jimmy Smith. That's this is a, all I got. This say. is true. This is true. I mean, this because they have Moncrief, Westbrook, and Cole, and then after that, I have no idea. I mean, that's a weak group of receivers with a weak quarterback. But yet, that defense. They do have an people. amazing defense. You know, so I. I uh, so what I think happens is I think Moncrief becomes their his number one target. Uh, I'm not sure about Westbrook, but I think Cole is going to become the receiver. Uh, so <clears throat> I think Cole, if you're going to do like a best ball league, Cole is a great pick because if you do best ball, they're going to put in like the whoever has the top yeah, I know what you're receivers yeah. the, mm-hmm. that week. And I think Cole is going to have some big weeks now uh, only because Bortles is out of you know, he's out of targets. Unless I don't know, let me give your let me ask you this. What do sure. you think does do you think Jacksonville calls up Des Bryant? Says, Hey, <laughs> we got a position open. It's amazing that you know, Des Bryant keeps playing the card of you know, the Ravens offered him a three year deal and he turned it down to get a one year make it or break it deal. And that deal hasn't come. He goes to Cleveland and he leaves without a deal. I heard I'm gonna get I'm gonna answer your question in a second. He goes I heard a rumor of him like with the Patriots contact him with all their issues at wide receiver. And it's just funny, like like logically speaking, yes, Jacksonville should call Mark uh Des Bryant. Of course they should. I'm not as down on Des Bryant as others are. I still think he can play. It's just it's amazing how he's just roaming the earth right now, not 
on a team. It's just shocking. And I, yeah, I think, it does I think seem he's weird. in for a rude awakening. I don't think somebody's going to call him in week seven and say, okay, come on. Down. Which is what that way. Do you think he's just holding out for more money? No, I don't. I think he came on because record. If it was all about money. He would have signed that three-year deal with the Ravens. It wasn't like pennies. It was a good, solid deal. And he said, no, I want a one-year make it or break it. If he's waiting for money, he's going to keep waiting. I don't remember the source, but he went on record today saying he is waiting for situational signing. Okay. Congrats. Congrats to Desmond. He wants to try to pick a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. Correct. He wants to Bernie Kosar this. Yeah, but usually the teams that are going to the Super Bowl don't need players yes they don't need like you know teams or they don't need somebody till week 12 and they need somebody who's been playing the entire year up to that point i mean it's just exactly if he's waiting for that enjoy retirement that's my comment (laughs) so do you think jacksonville do you think jacksonville should call him i think they should yes i think there's a lot of teams that should call him but i think there's a lot of teams who have called him and he just hasn't answered the phone for a lot of them it's it's weird he's being very choosy is he even 30 he must be 30 Look it up. Yeah, let's. Uh, he's Alexa, how old is Des Bryant? Oh, it doesn't work in his. Holy crow, that worked from downstairs. I don't know if that picked Alexa up anybody's mic. But Alexa just told us that Des Bryant is 29 years old. So, I mean, like, he still can play. Under- See, I think a lot of his decline, and I'm not blaming, this is not a Dak Prescott bash because, listen, there's, you know. Some, I'm not a big Prescott guy. I mean, that's neither, that's fine. But I don't think, my whole point is, is that I don't think, like, Tony Romo and Des Bryant. We're good together. Dak, yeah. the way Dak plays is not conducive to the way Dez plays. No. That's fine. Life happens. I think if Dez went to a team that was more conducive, like maybe Raiders, maybe Steelers who don't need him, but I mean, somebody like that. Like He actually wouldn't be good on the Patriots because the Patriots don't throw the ball downfield that much. No, I don't That's think he'd be good. Style. It's I'm not two... saying he's a speedster, but he's not, he's not like a two yards and a cloud of dust guy. Either. And those two places you just mentioned, the Raiders and the Patriots, are both crowded wideout situations as they are. I understand there's the Edelman suspension dealing within the Patriots, but even still, even with the Eric Decker retirement, which our friends Cinch and uh, Craig both uh, celebrated uh, vehemently, um, I still think there's there's too much. There's there's just not opportunity. When I saw that he retired, my running, I texted John and Adam, and I said, "If you'd seen the way he played in the preseason games, he retired two years ago." Yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, hi Deb. Hi Deb. Say, send our hellos. So, all right, moving on really quick because we're almost out of time. This weekend is the 26th annual. Fantasy football draft for our league, the CTFFL. You've heard from me and Craig. You've heard from Adam. You've heard from Cinch. Now you're going to hear from Keith. Keith, what are you going into this draft thinking of doing? We have a weird keeper situation where you only get to keep somebody outside the first five rounds. So keepers really don't come into play. What are you looking at going into this draft? What's your thoughts? My thoughts on fantasy drafts have never changed over the years. I always equate running backs to catchers in baseball where like they're back in the day there were very few catchers so you had to get them when they were there like mm-hmm. the Piazza or you had to get Piazza yep you had yeah, to get yeah. Piazza or Pudge yeah. yeah and that's it and then it fell off drastically and I think you know in running backs I think even though there's a lot of good ones and if you include Saquon Barkley yeah in that group if you include those guys if you include your boy Joe Mixon there's probably a good solid 10 where you'd say like okay this guy this guy could carry my team then it drops so I, just, I, st- I still think that running back is the way to go. And it will, I mean, every draft we've ever had, running back's been the way to go, whether people keep them and that's or the, draft them, and that's just the way it's going to be forever. And that thought process is never Because we all keep one player, and most of us are probably going to keeping a running back. More than likely, but we can't keep that top-tier running back because you have to keep someone outside the first five rounds. Oh, I can. Well, you can just because 
Alvin Kamara was a flash oh, in the pan last year. Alvin Kamara. Where, where did you draft Kamara? Uh, like 12, 15, Okay, so you can keep him for a 10. You can keep him forever. Well, basically. he can keep him for a 10, but this year when Mark Ingram comes back from injury, or I'm sorry, from suspension, and dominates, and Kamara ends up with, I don't know, an average of four carries a game for 12 yards, and all of a sudden he's like the 35th ranked back, he's not going to look so good a year from now. So... Did you say that with a straight face? I did. (laughs) Two words. Two words. Sophomore slump. Ask Todd Gurley how his second year went. Yeah? Yeah. You heard me. And that scares the crap out of me because I love Kareem Hunt and Ezekiel Elliott this year, and this is their second year. This is Zeke's third. Zeke's Hunt's third. Hunt's third, yeah. Zeke's second. Zeke missed six games last year, whatever it was, four games. He played no. Oh, six games. Look it up. Yeah, because if he played all the games last year, he great as we would have won. That we went twelve and four. We would have won our uh, best ball league. Right, he missed last a lot year. Of games last year. I'm researching this. Kareem Hunt was a rookie, and he killed the Patriots opening night. Not that I remember or remember <laughs> about it or anything. If you haven't oh, noticed, yeah. Keith is Elliott's a Patriots going into his fan. Third year, you're right. How did I miss that? I don't know if I've had a couple of beers. The Rosemary's Baby's going straight to my head. Cue the music. Hashtag sponsor us two roads. So, okay. All right, so there's there's an error by me. But, yes, I am scared to death for Kareem Hunt, who I am still targeting this year. I love Kareem Hunt. Keith. Yes. A lot of people drafting this week. A lot of people drafting this weekend before the league starts. Just general draft advice. What would you tell people? And, Craig, then we're going to go to you. What if you're, if you're walking into a draft tomorrow night, you're hearing this, tomorrow night you're walking into a draft, what's your advice? I have one bit of advice that I always say. I think... As far as the quarterback position goes, we all know there are great quarterbacks in this league. And then there's another tier and then another tier and so forth and so on. But I think there's only 10 starters, 10, like in our using ours as an example. Correct. We have 10 guys in the league and only 10 quarterbacks start. There's 10 to 12 QB ones. Yeah. And so I just don't think that it is necessary to reach. Like I'll give an example. A friend of mine texted me to, or, you know, text. Yeah, he texted me today and said he's in a snake draft where he drafts 10, 11. So what would that be like? 30, 31, right? Wouldn't that be? He's drafting the 10, 10 11. So he, yeah, so he's 10, 11. Yeah, so he'd be 30, 31. He's going to draft something like that, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, he goes at the end of the third because he's at the beginning of the second. So he's at the end it's of the It's a 12-team league? Yeah. So he's going to draft 10th, 11. then 14. If it's a 10-team league, it's 10, 11. Right. If, if, I'm sorry. I thought it was a 12-team. No, 10-team. All right. So he drafts 10, 11, and then, 30, and then basically 20 picks later, 30, yeah. 31. So he asked me, he goes, should I reach Roger? God, no. And I said, no. I just said, I think like, you know, we could, we could pick on, I'm not going to use my buddy Joe Flacco in this, but we could pick on like, you, you could use guys like Matt Ryan. You could use guys like Matt Stafford who like, you might not want, well, Matt Ryan made a Super Bowl, but like you might not want Matt Stafford 4, as, your starter, as your starter, like to win a playoff game. But in this, how much different is Matt Stafford from Aaron Rodgers? Like really not much. Last year, with the injury, not not that big. I mean, how much difference? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe. Actually, I'm pretty certain I'm right. Do you know who led our league in points last year? Uh, Overall, I'm actually pretty certain. I'm actually because go for it. Russell Wilson. Yes, he was the number. He was the QB one in our league. So like, okay, so like, you don't think of him necessarily in the Breeze, Rogers, Breeze, Brady, Breeze, Brady, Rogers, Breeze, Roethlisberger. Like, you kind of think of Russell Wilson maybe a tick below that, but. You might you can wait on you can wait all day for Russell Wilson. So my my advice to anybody out there is yes you need a quarterback you need a solid quarterback but you could wait and get a solid quarterback. Later. I'm looking That's up right my, now some of my projections here. Give me three seconds. Keep talking. <laughs> 
So while while Britt's looking for that, yeah. Eli Manning's going to make the Hall of Fame, but he shouldn't make the Hall of Fame because if you take out the fact that he won two games against the Patriots, <laughs> he basically has been a barely average quarterback. Okay, so really quick. Back to Britt. Aaron Rodgers is the number one yes. rated quarterback. I have him projected for about 370 points. Stafford is number 15. Okay. And I have him projected for 340. So what are you saying? 30 points divided by You're 14, talking about weeks, two points a week. Two to three points a week. And the difference is the fifth round versus the 10th or 11th and round. And if you looked at the difference between like Todd Gurley versus whoever the hell you want to pick. It's massive drop off. I would say. After I mean, that top four. Like, here, like what's 15 on this list? We have. Uh, Dal- no, Dalvin Cook on mine, maybe. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I like Dalvin Cook, but, I mean, that could be a pretty big drop-off from Dalvin Cook, who's played three games. Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Let's take a look. Todd Curley. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, for the love All right. of God. I've got Todd Gurley slated for about 355 points. Let's go down to number 15-ish on my list. That's Kenyon Drake, 230. That's 120 points difference, folks. 125 points difference between first and 15th in the running backs on my list and only 30 points difference between Rodgers and Stafford on the QB list. I'm just saying if I draft Lamar Miller this year, I give you both permission to beat the crap out of me. I think Lamar <laughs> Miller's going to bounce back this Not year. Not just one, like you start and then you finish, a Brit, you're in, and then you yeah, beat the Really? Because I think Miller's going to be okay with Watson coming back. Yeah, last year in our league, it was uh, Wilson, Gurley, Antonio Brown, Brady, Rivers, and Bell. Yeah. forgot about Phil Rivers. Because he came on late. Everyone forgot about Phil Rivers because his first five year games were total crap. And then he came on late. Like, if you look at he's so much better than Eli Manning. But that's another story. That's for another podcast. Eli Manning can hold up two pieces of hardware that Philip Rivers can't even see at a card show. So, <laughs> which is not true. We saw several Super Bowl rings for sales from third string <laughs> offensive linemen from the 1986 Giants. At one point, some guy said to me, you know whose ring that is? That's Johnny Utah's ring. I'm like, who the hell is Johnny Utah? He's a fictional character. <laughs> oh, and just for the record, you know who was a top 10 running back in our league last year? Go for it. Uh, Mr. Hyde of the Browns. I think Carlos Hyde was fine. I think Carlos Hyde has emerged as the Browns' starting choice right, right now. That's right. I think once, the, again, this is another situation where I don't expect the Browns to win more than five games this year. So at some point, they're going to start talking about the future. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing Nick Chubb a lot more. But initially, it's going to be a lot of Carlos Hyde. All right, Craig, fantasy advice. Folks walking into their draft, go. Uh, I would say just check the internet for injury updates. On uh, the fly. Especially, yep, especially with like offensive line injuries. That's uh, why Zeke is sliding down a few boards. There's two oh, injuries on that offensive line. A little line bit, but I think he's, he's a running back that can overcome that. He we thinks, still took him number one. We did. I feel like he's a present-day Jerome Bettis. Uh, and the other thing, too, if you're like – you know, if you're in a couple rounds into the draft, or there's if there's a player you really want because you like him, just draft him. Yeah, just just draft him. Don't overthink it. And that's the thing, ADP. And this is where I'm going to go. ADP can be a tremendous help for you, but you have to moderate ADP a with the group you're drafting with, and b your draft position. If you're drafting in the middle of the pack where your space between picks is relatively consistent. For example, we're in an industry mock right now where it's on our site, fignutsdfs.com. Um, go check it out. We're drafting sixth. So in a snake, we draft sixth in some rounds. We draft seventh in others. There's a pretty even number of picks between all of our picks. We can use ADP effectively. But when you're drafting number two overall, like we were in the uh, 
beat the Addicts League this week, you have to sit there and say, I have 20 picks between where I am now and where I'm going to be. If there's somebody in that 20 picks I absolutely must have, I got to reach for them. Yeah, just let the uh, let the draft come to you. Let the draft come to you is the biggest and best advice we could ever give, and we've given it multiple times. One more bit of advice. Please. Don't draft Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco should be only picked up off of waivers and only after— I think even that might be— <laughs> Well, I'm going back to my example where he is out of the continental U.S. and we're covered in lava. Everyone else is dead. You see Eli Manning slowly sinking into a pool of lava and he looks confused while he's doing it. I'd just like to thank you for allowing me a forum to bash Joe Flacco. That's quite right. (laughs) And to that end, we're going to go to our final thoughts. Let's start with Craig. Final thoughts, Craig. Final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, it's finally football season after a summer Oh, sweet oh, Jesus. Finally here. Britt's brain can melt full of numbers. I And if you haven't noticed, if you've been listening weeks. to this podcast, Britt is a number guy. I'm more the gut feeling kind of guy. So I think we, uh, you know. So let me, I'm going to jump good, to my final thoughts. My final mix. thought is a preview into our booth. Every Wednesday, it's Craig going, so Britt, what are we going to talk about? Do we have DFS numbers for this week? And I'm going, I can't decide between Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton. One of them's a value. Somebody help me. For the love of God, someone help me. <laughs> That is the next four months of my life. <laughs> and consequently, it is it is bad. I will walk through the door and I will be, before the door closes behind me, I'll be popping open a beer because it is insane. And we're going to be writing for not only our site, but I can't even announce it physically yet, but we're going to be writing for another site that'll be announced next week. It's just a lot. So I love it. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. But those of you who remember week 16 last year, I was like, I'm not doing playoff numbers. I just can't. And then we did playoff numbers anyway. Just because. Just because. Keith, your final thought. Here's my final thought. Here's, it's going to be a prediction. Yeah, please. I love it. It's going to be a prediction. Check for, the tape. Give, give the go. date. What's today's date? Today is the 29th. Of July in the year 2018. Or August. It's August, it's August. August too. Jeez. Yeah, see, I'm trying to put us further from the season. So it's I can July 29th, 2012. August 29th, 2018. <laughs> Keith Gatiss predicts. Carrion Johnson will run for 100 yards in his first game as a Lion. I don't even know who that is. That's the Lions running back. What? Oh, yeah. I heard Amir Abdullah <laughs> make a cut, too. Yes. Yeah. Because the Lions haven't had a 100-yard running back since, I believe, Barry Sanders. <laughs> That's not true, but it's not that far off. But I don't know. I, like, it's honestly, like 40 games or some weird stat. Like I that. honestly don't know if that's a false stat. I, don't, I can't think of somebody they've had who's been good for 1,000 yards since. I'm not going to bother looking it up, but... I can't think of a single 1,000-yard rusher they've had in the last 20 years. I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting, just like I forgot that um, Theo Riddick. Garrison Hurst had a Super Bowl ring with the 49ers. I have one. How about name a player that you didn't realize was on another team until like two days ago, guy. Doug Martin, Oakland. I didn't realize. You didn't realize Doug Martin I was Oakland? Forgot, like, I remembered, but I forgot, and then somebody said he's on Oakland. It's like, oh. Oh, what's his name from the Patriots last year is gone. Where's Danny Amendola? Miami. Miami. That, that was the one for me. They were like, Danny Amendola might replace C.J. Anderson's on Carolina and Jonathan Stewart's on the Giants. Yes, I just found out that. Because neither are fantasy. You know what it comes down to? It comes down to fantasy relevance. And none of them, none of those names we've mentioned are relevant in in Britt's little circle. So I don't care. Here's the stat. Last 100-yard rusher. Should we leave it? Should we leave it as a cliffhanger for next week's episode? No, go ahead and do it. You want me to say it? Because I'm going to jump right into the DFS. I'm going to forget what you Thanksgiving Day, 2013. 
Reginald Bush. Are you serious? 117 yards. Reggie Bush was the last person to run for a, a hundred yards in a in a single game. We're not even talking a thousand yards. Here's the thing: I person. You know what I mean? Like they might have run I for forgot he was. A, he was forgot he was a lion. There you go. <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, I forget that Reggie Bush was even a lion. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, wow. Kerryon Johnson, game one. Wow. Did, did he get the? Have it, folks. And, it and what year was that again? 2013. So did he get the Madden turkey leg? Did he eat the turducken that year? <laughs> <I don't> no. <laughs> no, because that game, the so. final score of that game was 7-3, to three, so it went to the defensive line because that's how Madden rolls. I don't know. This, this article, oh, my God. So, actually, this article was written in 2000, December 1st, 2017. So it said it was 63 games since the Lions had a last rusher then. So it's probably, it's got to be over even 80 more. by now. Even more. <laughs> it's got to be even more. Carry on, Johnson. Okay, so really last thing, just a reminder, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a review. Don't forget to visit our site, FignutsDFS.com. Don't forget to reach out to us on Twitter, uh, at FignutsDFS. If you go on Twitter, you will find our mock extravaganza review. Please follow along. We're doing this with a number of industry individuals. It's fantastic information if you're drafting this weekend or this week. It's just really, really good stuff. Um, And then just the very, very last thing is... On behalf of all of us here at um, the Football Fig Nuts, our hearts and thoughts go out to the folks in Jacksonville Absolutely. who were in the Madden issue earlier this weekend. Um, I am a gamer. I'm a board gamer. I'm a tabletop gamer. Craig is a video gamer. And the mere thought that violence could erupt at any of these events is absolutely abhorrent to the two of us. Um, so I think I speak for the three of us by saying, screw anybody who would think that any video game or tabletop game warrants that kind of violence. Be safe. Be happy out there. Go out there, folks, and live your lives. And our thoughts are with you down in Jacksonville. Craig, what did I miss? I think you covered all of it. I really I'm did. Done good, kid. Really did. I done good. Really and two did. beers in. All right. So I am Britt. I'm still Keith. And we thank you for joining us on the Fig Nuts fo- uh, Football Fig Nuts Podcast. I'm really only two beers in, I swear to God. Next week. Week one DFS, join us. We're jumping right in. I'll have my value picks. We'll talk about lineups. We'll talk about formulating any last minute injuries. Join us then. Until then, thank you so much for joining us. Take care and have a great week, everybody. Thank you for having me, guys. 